Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. Most people in Canada experience a sense of freedom because they do not find themselves in jail in a literal prison cell. But the truth is that many do find themselves imprisoned by internal struggles such as anxiety, worries, habits, and compulsions. And fears, depression, addictions, guilt, shame, and false assumptions. What kind of internal struggles have you experienced and how are you able to overcome those struggles and experience freedom? Today on It Is Written Canada, you will meet healthcare professionals who will share with you practical and effective ways to break free from these enslaving behavioral habits and thought patterns to experience more freedom in your life. To begin with, we have Dr. Daniel Saar a Christian clinical counsellor and pastor who currently serves as the Canadian Programs Manager for EDRA Canada. Dr. Saar is a registered psychotherapist and mental health professional. He has served in the Canadian Armed Forces Chaplaincy Service as a captain and currently as a senior chaplain inspector rank with the Toronto Police Service. His motto is to help people live their best life, experience holistic health, mind, body and spirit and live life to the maximum. Dr. Daniel Saw, welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you all. So Dr. Saul, we're going to start by putting you on the spot and making you feel vulnerable by asking you a question. What kind of personal internal struggles have you experienced and how have you been able to overcome those struggles and experience freedom? That sounds like a loaded question. I don't know where to begin, but shall I say that I think it was all about you know, being real, being transparent, um, discovering your real self. You know, today our world is all about image management, we're image driven, and there's this facade people put on, like showcase. But I think that was perhaps a very important area of my life that I, I was seeking to be vulnerable. And I think where I really came to a crossroads was in a training that I was taking, clinical training, where my supervisor drilled me where he told me that in order to help people with their real issues, you have to be real yourself. And during that first component of the training, I wanted to run away because I was facing myself. I didn't want to confront what he was telling me. He was saying, well, you know, your parents uh, have a background or your grandparents have a background who are alcoholics, and you may have those tendencies. You may have a tendency to spiritualize things away. And it, that first semester was so grueling 
after that, it changed the direction of my life and I began to embrace who I was. I never forget this saying, we cannot change what we refuse to confront. And the first person we need to be real with is ourselves. So let's talk about forgiveness. What place does forgiveness play in freeing us from maybe the imprisonment of our emotions or certain thoughts? Forgiveness is so powerful. As we can see in many stories that we've heard uh, where people have forgiven those who've committed atrocities, crimes, um, Columbine shooting, the Amish incident, but forgiveness is so powerful that it releases an energy. So when we don't forgive, it actually bottles up bitterness and resentment and actually can be very toxic to us. It can have both a physiological and psychological effect. In fact, when we choose to forgive, it actually releases certain brain chemicals like endorphins and uh, dopamine that helps us to feel better and actually increases our level of optimism. And we'll talk about that later on, but forgiveness sets us free from, as you said, Mike, a prison house. Our freedom, I believe, to God is one of the most important gifts that He's given to us. You know, He gives us the, the right to choose whether we choose to worship Him or reject Him. He gives us the right to worship how we want to worship. But more importantly, He's given us parameters to live by. So He doesn't just say, do anything that you would like. He gives us parameters and they're made out of love. It is important to Him that we exercise our uh, right to choose. And He does, however, recommend that we choose Him and choose Him because He is life. And, and not just here in earth as we are living our moral lives, but to live with Him in heaven eternally. Dr. Daniel, how important is exercise when it comes to experiencing freedom in our lives? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, exercise is critical. Exercise is engaging our entire being. So what that does is it increases our circulation of blood. Blood trans, um, transport oxygen and transports nutrients as well, and especially to the brain, so that as we exercise, there's this microcirculation taking place in our brain. In fact, there was a book written by Dr. John Ratty called Spark the new revolutionary science on exercise and the brain. And he talks about how exercise actually um, decreases brain erosion. And that has to do with, of course, uh, slowing down uh, Alzheimer's and mental fog and other neurological disorders. And so exercise is so critical. It's so important because we feel good. It actually has a way of blocking pain. And it, by, by stimulating the brain to release endorphins and um, other neurotransmitters that actually help with helping us to feel better, um, it actually mimics um, the effect of morphine. And actually, it also has physiological functions such as improved respiration, which is breathing, circulation, and of course, other metabolic functions. Exercise has so many benefits across the board, but specifically with freedom, we found an amazing study of when researchers put rats in a cage with morphine and cocaine, they became addicted and they voluntarily chose to consume it. However, when they put the rats in a swimming facility and a, a running wheel that they could run on, 
when they were taken off, their cravings or their uh, reaction to go and take the morphine and the cocaine was lessened significantly, which shows how exercise can actually bring freedom from various addictions that we ourselves may have. Well, you know, exercise is really important when it comes to chronic diseases. So many people, they feel like they're chained by the diseases that they struggle with. Type 2 diabetes, heart disease, arthritis, obesity, those types of things. And when it comes to those things, uh, exercise is really, really critical. And in fact, uh, there's an individual who said, a doctor who said that if there was a pill that could do all that exercise can do, has all the benefits of exercise, it would be the most prescribed pill in the history of mankind. And I, I really believe that. But of course, we don't need to wait for a pill. Uh, we have exercise. And so uh, for to get freedom from chronic diseases and to experience better health overall, exercise is really, really critical. I used to get my students to read that book, Spark. Oh yeah? Because it talked about having um, students go for a run, do, do a, a mile run before they would go to school and their grades were improving. So exercise is really important. Nutrients that we receive are very important. And we're going to get our friends, Kathy and Arlette, and they're gonna tell us about juicing and how when you make your own juices, it can flood your body with really amazing nutrients that help us to feel better, help us to eliminate cravings from our diet and free us from certain addictions and other health issues. So let's take a look at Kathy and Arlette right now. Hello, my name is Kathy, and this is my sister-in-law, Arlette Susanna. <laughs> and today's topic is freedom. And what better way to have freedom than to have good health? If you have good health, you have the freedom to move your body and to be a blessing, to do many activities, and it's just a, a great guarantee to being free. And actually, we have here a basic juice recipe. We've got here beets. Uh, beet greens, you never throw those away. We have a handful of spinach, carrots, and a little bit of ginger. So today what we're going to do with these vegetables is we're going to juice them. And when you juice your vegetables, they are very cleansing and they're very blood building. And the combination that we chose here, beets and carrots and any of these dark leafy greens, are just going to be a great way to boost your blood. So it's like giving your, your body pretty much a blood transfusion of nutrients, which is amazing. So we're going to go ahead and juice these vegetables and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the benefits. Actually, before we do that, some people may ask, can I just eat it? Why do I have to juice it? Well, if you juice it, that's a great question. Um, if you juice your vegetables, you're going to get a lot more volume. You're going to get a lot more um, nutrition in one glass because it takes a lot more veggies to make a glass of juice mm -hmm. than you would. You probably wouldn't sit and eat this entire bowl of vegetables in one sitting, but you can very easily drink it in a, in a glass of juice. And uh, everyone can enjoy a juice, even people who are struggling with uh, health issues or mm -hmm. things like that. So that's a great question. We're gonna go ahead and get started. Kathy's going to start up our angel juicer, which is a masticating juicer, a triturating juicer. It doesn't heat anything up, it's slow, and um, the enzymes of the veggies will be preserved, which means that they're gonna be uh, retaining all of the nutrition in them. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so actually let me start with uh, the carrots. Mm -hmm. 
Now we're gonna add the beets. And you're alternating between the vegetables so that it's um, not going to get, especially when you add the greens, like right now I'm gonna add the spinach. Um, you give it, you alternate it between the hard vegetables and the softer leafies, just so that it doesn't clog up the, um, the machine. So take a look at the pulp that's coming out of the angel here. It's very dry and it's just beautiful. You know that it's extracted all the juice completely. It actually feels like cotton. There's no moisture left. And a lot of people would ask, what can I do with the pulp? You could use it in soups and stews and things like that, or you can add it to muffins or plant-based uh, burgers. So let's take a look at our juice. Absolutely, and I just happen to have glasses here. <laughs> Look at the beautiful color. Isn't that beautiful? It is. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Ooh. That looks delicious. Take a look it at does. the color. It's nice and deep and red. Looks like blood. It okay. does. So you know it's blood building. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh, this is good. That's delicious. Mm -hmm. Well, we hope that you learned a little bit something about juicing and that you try it at home as well so that you can get the benefits okay. of it as well. Cheers to your good health. One of my favorite authors and someone that I admire is Dr. Viktor Frankl. You may have heard of him. He was a brilliant mind. He was a neurologist, psychiatrist, philosopher, um, teacher, professor, and also a Holocaust survivor and in his timeless classic masterpiece entitled Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about freedom and the will to live. In fact, he says that those who have a why to live can bear with almost anyhow. That's a quote. In other words, one of the reasons, primary reasons why he survived the Auschwitz concentration camp was based on his faith because he believed that one day he would be free. Though many people were physically imprisoned, in his mind he says that was the greatest prison. And I'm just paraphrasing it. And he said that it was his will to live to realize that they may have incarcerated him physically, but they could not incarcerate him or imprison him mentally and emotionally and psychologically. It was so powerful. And he further quotes it, he says, the greatest freedom we have is the freedom to choose our attitude. And he was a believer. So I do believe that faith fuels, if you, if it, as, as it were, our freedom. It actually strengthens, it fortifies our freedom. And uh, I believe that without that faith factor, then we don't have that, that, that strong capacity, that foundation that actually builds the freedom, the freedom to believe in something that is beyond ourselves. So Dr. Saar, for me, the opposite of freedom is being in bondage. And usually when we're in bondage, we experience fear. So how can we practically move from fear to faith? We have to replace, I believe, faith, fear with faith. Fear and faith cannot coexist. They cannot occupy the same place or space. One is going to triumph or surpass over the other. 
So we have to exercise faith. Now, how do we do that? Well, we have to simply believe in God's word. There's a wonderful text in scripture that says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And another scriptural prescription is found in Galatians uh, 5 verse 1. It says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has given to us. I'm just paraphrasing. So we need to claim it. We need to embrace it. And so it's not something that it's a mere mental ascent. It's something that requires action. And so when we exercise faith, when we believe in God that is beyond ourselves, our human limitations, we are relying on a power that's greater and beyond us, and then we can cultivate that faith, and that faith actually automatically replaces that fear. There is this acronym about fear, and it goes like this, false evidence appearing real. So again, faith overcomes fear. How important are your thoughts? You're talking a lot about thoughts to freedom. What type of thoughts uh, we engage in, entertain, generate, actually informs our behaviors and our actions. So I really believe that it is important for us to cultivate healthy, positive thinking. You see, when there's negative thinking, when there's distorted thinking, it can lead to all sorts of adverse conditions and disorders. And that's why today, in today's world, there is a plethora of mental health issues. And um, there's a great need for intervention and counseling and therapy. So it begins with ourselves, individually looking at ourselves and saying, you know, who am I? Those fundamental questions. Um, why am I here? So essentially, the type of thoughts I choose to think, entertain, that begins to shape not only my thinking patterns, but then it subsequently translates into my behaviors and actions, and then it constructs who I am, my character. Uh, many people will come with what we call cognitive distortions and they begin to see things through a certain lens that is skewed. And that's the reason why we need to think in an objective way, in a way that is, you know, when we look at a glass, we often say, some people say it's half full or is it half empty? Again, it, it's based on one's perspective. And one's perspective is based on their perception and their perception becomes their reality. So we have to ask ourselves, is my perception um, true? Is it accurate? Uh, is it objective? Or has it been, is it subjective? Is it skewed by um, the way I've been conditioned in thinking or the way I've been socialized in thinking? Or is it based on subscribing to uh, social norms of society that's impacting the way I think? So thinking is such a, a very important process. We actually have to pause to think. Some people just, <laughs> just run and they think on the fly, but thinking is an a, a, a intentional, um, engaging process. Thoughts are so potent, and what we conceive is important as much as how we translate that into words. Uh, there is a text in Scripture, James chapter 3, verses 3, 4, and 5, that mentions that the tongue is like a rudder. And so words are actually fueled or generated by the thoughts we think. So what we think is translated into our words. But also what we think and what we say connects that thought, and actually that thought can become a reality. Now, if we uh, entertain negative thoughts, if we um, dwell on negative thoughts, 
or my negative thoughts, then that can affect us emotionally, uh, psychologically, and also physiologically. There was a great researcher, Dr. Norman Cousins, you may have heard of him, from Harvard University. He, in fact, he studied uh, the importance of the way we think. And it, he referenced this wonderful scripture found in Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart or a, a glad countenance, a mind, a positive mind, doeth good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And so I grew up listening to that text and I could not understand it for the life of me until I got the science to substantiate it. All along, the scriptures was right on point. It was spot on. And in his research, he simply concluded, I'm just going to share the highlights, is that a merry heart, a positive person, a positive person who thinks positively or generates positivity, actually, the science shows that it releases these special brain neurotransmitters like um, we talk about endorphins and uh, there's dopamine and they actually increase one's feeling of wellness and happiness. There's even oxytocin. There's all these different hormones. But he says a broken spirit or a bitter, and we talked about forgiveness earlier in this episode, actually dries the bone. What it does is it is in the, the blood is produced in the bone marrow, the RBCs, not the bank RBC, but the red blood cells. And well, of course, it's even much more, it can be much more richer. But what happens is when we worry, when we have a bitter spirit, when we um, maintain an unforgiving spirit, it actually decreases the production of these RBCs and it can actually demineralize the bones. So it is so important to cultivate healthy, positive thinking. And as we reflect upon God's grace and goodness, I believe that can strongly influence the way we think. All of us have a place where we're very comfortable. For me, my happy place is my bicycle. I started cycling when I was probably five years old, and it's been a whole part of my life growing up. And even as an adult, I'm now 63, and I'm you know, still riding my bike. And for me, it's my meditative place. It's a place where the, the noises and all the, the distractions don't exist. I'm just there pedaling, turning away, and I find that God can just get through to me in ways that in day-to-day -day life, He can't get through to me. And so of really, of the three times that I can really know when God spoke to me clear in my life, two of them were on my bicycle or associated with my bicycling. So to me, it's a, a really special place for me where I can communicate with God and just be at peace. When I was a child, which was just a few years ago, <laughs> I remember not being the most popular one. I was the last to be selected on the team, last to be picked, and mostly picked on. And I think I, I overcame that over the years. But what it was for me then was I had this negative feeling, not just feeling, but thought of myself, that I was not good enough, that I couldn't make the cut, that you know, I couldn't be like the others who were maybe high achievers or popular. And so years passed and I carry this thought with me and I would get positive reinforcement from home, from my mother and father and my aunt who was like my second mother and especially people from church. I had many spiritual mothers and fathers and that helped to cultivate a positive, healthy self-esteem self-worth and self-image in spite of the fact 
of what my friends were telling me or calling me, despite what society was projecting against me, having a healthy self-esteem, self-image, self-worth made a big difference so that I could overcome the negative thoughts that were brewing in my mind and making me feel that I was not good enough. When I came around the age of 12 and I got baptized and I began to take my cue, not from the world, but from God, hearing the truth about myself because I found that I was telling myself a lie. I was believing a lie about myself until I knew that God loved me unconditionally. And so I embraced that, I believed that, and ever since then, that it's changed the trajectory and the pathway of my life. I believe when I look at the cross, I see Jesus securing and procuring not only my freedom, but the freedom for the entire world. And I believe that freedom is the right of every sentient being. And it's a God-given right. It's a human right. And I love the text in John chapter 8, verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And when I discovered the truth about myself, but when I discovered the truth about who God was and is in my life, that was truth that liberated me and set me free on a, on a path of freedom and unlimited success in Him. That is so different from many people's view of God. They think He's all-powerful, so therefore He's all-controlling. But you're saying, no, he's not all controlling. He's actually purchasing our freedom so that we have the power of choice. Love is, is, is based on freedom. Well, freedom is actually rooted in God's love. To experience his love is to experience the freedom to choose uh, to love because God chose to love us in spite of ourselves. So, Dr. So, unfortunately, we have come to the end of our time with you. But before we let you go, I wonder if you could pray for our viewers, for those who may be experiencing internal or external struggles, that they may instead experience freedom. Let's pray together. Eternal God and Father of love of us all, we pause for prayer this day. We thank you for all of our viewing and listening friends. We want to ask a blessing upon each one. In a special way, meet them at their point of need. And we can experience freedom in every area and aspect of our lives because you gave us that freedom at the cross. So bless us one and all, and we thank you for hearing and answering our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Daniel, for sharing your professional thoughts on freedom and how we can achieve freedom here on It Is Written Canada. It's a pleasure and you're most welcome. Friends, Dr. Saw shared with us today how many people in Canada feel emotionally imprisoned. Thankfully, there are powerful and effective ways to break free from the confines of such a mental and emotional prison. Our free offer can help you find that freedom. It is entitled, I want more blank in my life. So you fill in the blank. I want more freedom in my life or peace, joy, hope, rest, security, connections, you name it. This little book can help you find what you are searching for. Before you go, we would like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs. Friends, if you want more freedom in your life, complete freedom from sin, suffering, guilt, and shame, we would like to recommend you open the Bible where Jesus receives strength in his time of severe temptation when he declared, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.